He's Christian. He's Jammer. Welcome back. To two physical therapists and a bag of chips. On a snowy... Can I say what day it is? Or yeah. is that a secret? No. Snowy Saturday. Yeah. First week of January. First week's almost in the books. Almost. An exciting week. I read somewhere where uh, somebody posted that... Um, 2021 told 2020 here hold my beer and watch this yeah makes sense they weren't kidding good way to start the year off right hope everybody is safe and sound hope be so. smart be healthy yes and if you need some physical therapy consider <laughs> us uh we're going to review the sabritas turbos flamas compliments of judy bloomberg but they look for turbo flamas. they smell turbo they smell turbo prior to that we are going to discuss little league elbow Yes, well, Little League Elbow. Yeah, not little, just not just limited to Little League. No, but but but, s- but sort of, kind of. It's got I don't know. Little League Elbow is an all-encompassing term, essentially for pain around the elbow in individuals who play throwing sports. Yes, there's there's a fair bit more to it than that. Generally speaking. It's due to just the throwing motion, so this can be other kids who play volleyball, kids who play water polo, obviously baseball, but football is also a possibility, and it has to do with the repetitive uh, loading of the elbow. Typically, it's a valgus overload. Uh, we'll talk about that more in a second. But what happens here is, is you place stress on the medial structures, a specifically a tension stress. So this is the medial epicondyle, the medial epicondylar ep- apophysis, and the medial collateral ligament, as well as compression on the lateral structures, so the radial head and then the capitulum, which is the lateral portion of the humerus, where that articulates with the radial head. And then really importantly is there's additional stress on the growth plate, and this is the growth plate is really when we talk about little league elbow, the the thing we are most concerned with long term, because if you damage or in some way interrupt the growth plate, typical growth no longer occurs, and that can result in some permanent changes. Deformity. Yeah. The occurrence for little league elbow is, is really quite high, actually. It's reported that somewhere in the neighborhood of about 2 million 5 to 14-year-olds play baseball. Uh, in that group, between 20 and 26% have elbow pain or, or self-reported elbow pain. Now, in all cases, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, rela- it's, it's related specifically to the growth plate or to a, a tension or compression injury. But, I mean, a quarter of the kids who participate, a fifth to a quarter of the kids who participate are going to have elbow, reported elbow pain at some point in time. So, well, that, I think that, <clears throat> that's the key there is that it's self-reported. How many more kids have elbow pain but don't want to say anything? Sure. Yeah. Because they want to keep playing. Absolutely. With this, I mean, the presentation in most cases will be on the on the inside of the elbow. You will see a, re- a reduced ability uh, for, for distance throwing as well as velocity, which kind of go hand in hand. There's generally pain uh, when, you, when you poke around there. You will see some swelling in, in more advanced cases. Uh, you start to see, again, range of motion loss, particularly something called a flexion contracture, so they don't have the ability to fully extend their elbow anymore. And then on x-ray, what you'll find, they usually say younger or older. I like to think more or less skeletally mature, but you'll see the apophysitis, um, which is essentially where the bone is being pulled away by the stresses placed on it. Or you'll see an avulsion fracture, which is also a similar thing, but now it's kind of pulled off a chunk as opposed to just 
aggravatingly pulling on it uh, aggressively. You don't typically see like ligament injury or, or muscle injury in the kind of more skeletally immature children because the muscles and tendons are stronger than the bone at that point in time. On the outside of the elbow, typically same sort of stuff, activity, pain, pain produced by the activity, not as much swelling, usually also can't fully extend the elbow. And then on the x-ray, you'll see an epiphysis of the capitulum and then potentially more of an OCD in those areas. So that will result in more locking of the elbow as well as a loss of, of elbow extension. So they're fairly similar, uh, the reports on the inside or the outside. And with that, you would just think more stress to the medial structures or lateral structures. And so then there's a tension and or compression, and that will result in what you're seeing. At the end of the day, it doesn't really make that huge of a difference because you're still talking about relatively the same joint. And so treatment in most cases ends up being very similar. Uh, you can also have posterior stresses, and this will result in some other issues that aren't really as common, but uh, it does show up. But again, if your elbow hurts and you play baseball, we're going to call it little league elbow almost all the time, and when that's the case, we're going to treat it pretty similar. That starts with basically recovery time, uh, somewhere in the six weeks to three months range, depending on how significant your pain is. Uh, six weeks if you kind of get on it early. And it's not six weeks of not doing anything, but it's six weeks of certainly being substantially more careful with what you're doing, potentially right, getting rid of throwing and pitching in those cases, but it depends on individual to individual. Uh, three months will be certainly more significant cases, individuals who have a known injury to the growth plate or uh, an OCD or something else along those lines for sure. Uh, the biggest things you can do to prevent and recover from these, pitching mechanics are huge, pitch counts are important. Generally, we talk about strengthening, and particularly strengthening of like the periscapular muscles, so things around the shoulder blade, the rotator cuff, just general strengthening of the upper extremities, the core and the lower extremities. A good thrower will throw from the ground up, and so having a strong legs and having strong core really make a huge difference in that. And then the other big thing is to avoid sports specialization, particularly at a young age. If you're a nine-year-old and you're pitching every single day, that's not the best recipe for success, unfortunately. So Now what you said earlier is important, right? People say, well, but he only throws fastballs, you know, or he's been working on his pitching mechanics and his control. The key here is that it's an overuse problem. It's not necessarily poor mechanics, although that is definitely a contributing factor, but the big thing is throwing too much. Okay, and if, you, if you're a nine-year-old and you love to throw, you can throw all day, and then parents are enthusiastic, the kid goes out in the backyard, she's got a backstop and, or, a, uh, or a, a pitch back in the, in the backyard, and he's throwing 20, 30, 40, 50 times, and then he goes to practice and he does it again. So cumulatively, that is what creates this breakdown. So uh, as, as important as good pitching mechanics are, or, you know, I, I never... Fortunately, never got caught up into the whole baseball thing about you can you cannot throw any off-speed stuff, or you cannot throw any curveballs, or I think that's less relevant than just purely the number of throws. Um, 
and and even not even the, the number of pitches, but the number of throws. So if you're you know practicing playing outfield and you're just making these little really big throws, um, all of that creates cumulative stress on the elbow and the shoulder structure. So play in some other sports, play a little basketball. We don't have to worry so much about having these big throws. Yeah, there was a, a recent study related specifically to little league elbow pitch counts and which pitches place the greatest stress, and it had more to do with arm velocity than it did to pitch type. So the faster a kid tries to throw it, the more stress they place on their, their elbow and shoulder, and the more likely they are to have an injury. And so you can go through and pitch you know, an 80% effort and pitch 90 pitches, where I'm just guessing safely, or you can do maximum effort and throw 40 pitches and it'd be the same amount of stress. Yeah. And so it's not just a pitch count situation. You need to be kind of careful with that. It's not just a fastballs versus curves versus change-ups, et cetera. It's, a, it's the, the, the cumulative effect of the motion, just like Jimmer said. So... And especially considering that we're talking amateur skeletons, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're talking 8, 9, 10, 12-year-olds yeah. that, that are not fully matured. I don't care how strong or how big they are. Um, they're still not fully matured. And, you know, we, we, it's, it's our job to protect them from themselves. Um, the fact that there are so many kids that report elbow pain is you, 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 we have to protect them because they'd be out there all day. We'd let them. Although I bet a lot of kids would like to play other things too. Yeah, I think it's definitely really important to... Remember that most kids who make it in professional sports don't specialize in one sport. Yeah, sure, you see it every once in a while, but those are the exceptions. I mean, you look at sports like golf and everybody thinks Tiger Woods and three years old, but then you have guys like Gary Woodland who play college basketball, and, and you have other guys who are phenomenal athletes playing other sports that, that end up making it as a... Tom Glavin, the pitcher, was a, was a great hockey player. So these guys didn't limit their ability to play other sports to focus on one and they had just as good of an opportunity. I think there's more examples of multi-sport athletes that are successful than the other way around, right? So I, I guess if, if you really want to specialize at a young age, I, th I think it, it, it limits your athletic ability to develop. Yeah, Plus you, it, it, it sets you up for, uh, yeah. for a much higher likelihood of developing these overuse injuries. So I know that we're getting back on our soapbox. Uh, we do this multiple times a year, but I think it's very important. And I cannot tell you, um, ha having been a physical therapist for 30 years, I cannot tell you the difference in even just the last 10 years, but the, the, the number of kits that we see with injuries that they should not have, period. Kits with lower back injuries, kits with hip injuries, kits with elbow injuries. It's um. It's a sign of the times, and, and it's, it's a very unfortunate. And I can talk about it for 30 more minutes, and I will. Yeah. Because I'm looking at these chips. Yeah, we're going to get to those. Trivia time. Which planet is closest to Earth? That was a hard one. It was, it was surprisingly hard. We didn't get as many answers, even guesses, as I anticipated. I mean, most of the answers were, were Mars. We had a good, I mean, a good bunch of guesses for Marianne and, uh, and Tony. Uh, Korea, uh, they both said Mars, but that was it, really. I mean, a lot of people we discussed it with, but nobody really had a good guess. Uh, the answer is Venus. Venus is by distance. It is the closest planet to Earth. There's some argument these days that the planet that spends the most time closer to Earth is Mercury, but in terms of total distance, Venus gets substantially closer than, than Mars or Mercury in that regard. Uh, using that other method... Mercury is the closest planet to just about every other planet in the solar system. Because of its um, 
because it because of the speed of its orbit and because of its uh, proximity to the to the sun, so it's it's basically closest to the middle. And if you know you're on the far end of your loop and it's on its far end of its loop, you guys are really far apart. Even though Saturn and Jupiter are next to each other in line, they never spend that much time directly next to each other because of the pace of their orbits. Gotcha. Um, I bet this is not taught in school. No, no, no. But by total distance, the closest planet to Earth is Venus. There you have it. I also guessed Mars. I was wrong. Yeah. Well, Mars is the more colonizable because of its similar potential atmosphere to Earth. Supposedly. It has the same chemical makeup as Earth, more sim- more much more similar. Supposedly. Where I believe Venus is like a poison death ball. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to be colonizing Venus anytime soon. It'd be like colonizing the sun. Yeah, that's not going to go well. No. I think you have a better chance of colonizing. Yeah, a ton of them are hard. Anyway, this week's trivia question. How many dots are there on a pair of dice? So you can get... Some dice and count the dots, or you can just you can make, it a, make it a, a scientific guess. And we'll say this is a typical six-sided die to not confuse people with a 20-sided die, for yeah. instance. Oh, for, the, really the, uh, the die that you use for your... Uh, for Dungeon Master? Yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Ooh, we should spend an episode on that. Chip time! Sabritas Turbo Thomas. Compliments of Judy Bloomberg. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Uh, Judy was uh, instructed by her physician, Dr. Parker, to show up to physical therapy bringing potato chips. So she did. She brought two bags. We'll get to another one delicious. In, uh, in probably a couple weeks here. Apparently, this is a way to set your mouth on fire. I didn't think initially these were going to be that spicy, but I'm getting a little concerned. They don't look like a color you would want to eat <laughs> most of the time. They're very... Like almost purpley red. They remind like us of uh, those who've been with us for a while. There's a Dutch chip called the Vokel. So it's kind of a twisty corkscrew type. I'm going to grab the darkest one. There's a lot of lime going on, actually. Yeah, which is probably a good thing. Gets hot on the back end. Oh, yeah. That's got some good heat. Good, I mean, a good crunch. Um, I yeah, it's probably a, a, I believe it's a corn chip. It's a corn chip because you can taste the corn. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the vocals at home. Only they would never get this spicy. Um, it tapers really quick though, so it gets hot and then, it, and then it's gone. I think the lime helps with that. Yeah. Um, I dig these. Despite the fact that they're corn. Right, and that's usually a big no-no for you. Um, no, they're good. But you can't really taste the corn because um, I, I, I keep finding myself going for the darker colored one because I do love the spice. It's, it's a good flavor. I mean, the lime is really nice. It's kind of a, like a fresh lime, which is weird because obviously it's not. But it's getting the mouthy watering thing going that mm-hmm. the lime kind of gives you. It definitely helps with the heat. Wow. This is a very pleasant surprise. This is, this is better than I anticipated. Um, unfortunately, they're made by Frito-Lay, um, so I can't like them. Oh, uh, gotcha. Because they only make corn chips. No, no, I'm, I'm joking. These are delicious. These are. I'm going to give these a solid two thumbs. Um, I am going to join you and give them two thumbs as well. They're. Um, I had not anticipated no. that. 
Well done, Sabrina. That's a pleasant surprise. Thank you so much, Judy Bloomberg, for yeah. bringing these in. Thank you very much, Judy. Um, Thank you. These are going to be delightful for the rest of the week. They are. They are. Uh, thank you for listening today. Next week, we are going to go to ulnar collateral ligament injury. So this is the uh, adult version, essentially, of Little League Elbow, more or less. We'll get into that, obviously. We're going to review the Kettle brand Korean barbecue. Compliments of Peter Jennings. So I thought we'd done these, but we haven't. We've done about yeah. five other Kettle brand <clears throat> barbecue flavors. I could have sworn that we'd done these. Maybe I bought them and then just ate them at home. That's possible. Um, I have had them. Um, full, I, I, full disclosure. Yeah, uh, but I won't let that um, impair my judgment. Influence my... <laughs> I'm going to like them the same no matter what. Yeah. If you like today's episode, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you want more information on Little League Elbow, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. We will be posting all sorts of stuff this week. If you need more information on rebound therapy, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.